What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Wednesday, so time to compare my rest season rankings to the positional rankings through week six. See if we can find some players who are undervalued right now. I obviously cannot give a full take on every single player today. So if you want to see exactly how I value each player, broken down by scoring format, along with their trade value, you can see that at my website, thefansfootballadvice.com. Also, the weekly detailed rankings go live on Tuesday. So that's like the exact stat line that I have as a projection for every player. So if you want to use that to take advantage of some early underdog lines before they move, you can do that now again on Tuesday. So if you guys watch this Wednesday, it's up already. And of course, rest of the season, we still have that same promo going on. Sign up for a new account on underdog. Promo code FFA. You'll match your first deposit up to $100. That is a free $100 dollars this is not an underdog video this is a trade video so who are the top trade targets this week we'll start off with running back as usual where i would say at the top of the list it should be alvin kamara i know he's been great i think everyone agrees on that but he's my running back seven rest of season and he's the running back 32 and half ppr scoring through six weeks thanks to one missed game and Zero touchdowns. That was actually pretty surprising to see. I think I knew that in the back of my mind, but it's still a little bit weird. I mean, he had 194 yards two weeks ago, 124 yards this last week, and now he has zero touchdowns on 83 touches this season. Going into the season over his career, he's averaged a touchdown on every 19 touches. So on average, he should have at least three, likely four touchdowns by this point. I have to think that he's a big-time buy low. I know he doesn't have Drew Brees. I know that Taysom Hill is going to steal some touchdowns, but this is Alvin Kamara. This is a guy they heavily feature everywhere on the field, on the ground, through the air. He's one of the rare running backs that has over half the team's carries and a 20% target share. Only Kamara, McCaffrey, and Eckler have done this so far this season. McCaffrey, Eckler, They've been scoring touchdowns. They even put up a ton of fantasy points. Kamara just hasn't scored yet. Again, currently he's 32nd. The touchdowns will come. Once they do, you are not going to be able to trade for him. Uh, so I definitely look for him. After that, I think it's those big two running backs coming off of injury. Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift. We went over why last week, so I'm not going to do that like in depth again this week. But both are slam dunk running back ones. You know, I don't really need to tell you that. I think that like the general conception amongst the community usually is like, oh, you can't trade for Jonathan Taylor. But I have seen a ton of people, number one, pull off really good deals for Jonathan Taylor and for Swift. And number two, asking if they should trade them away because they need production right now. So it might be the case where, yes, you might think you can't get them, but send an offer see what you're going to get in return, you might actually be able to. Now, I don't have Jonathan Taylor ranked as the running back one rest of season just because, like, I don't think it's a big re-injury risk because, like, they've been smart with him. We thought he might return this last week. They're making sure he's 100% good to go, and then they're going to bring him back, which is probably going to happen this week. But that's really good news for us because we know when he comes back, he's at a much uh, lower risk of suffering another injury because of that. And just don't forget what he's capable of. I mean, 2,200 yards, a little bit below that, but about 2,200 yards, 20 touchdowns last season. Like, 
He's incredible. Jonathan Taylor is one of the true difference makers at the running back position. Somebody who can go out there and get you 40 fantasy points in a week if they're waiting to bring him back to his 100%. And that happens this week. You know, I've seen a lot of deals that are getting him for really, really good discounts. And it's the same thing with Swift. Obviously, like one for one, Taylor just has more upside than Swift. I don't think anyone's going to argue on that. But remember, Swift has like one of, if not the worst defenses in the league, a very creative and aggressive uh, offensive coordinator. He's going to be good. He's going to score fantasy points. He's going to be fantastic this season. He's going to be a running back one. So look for those two uh, for like some higher end options. For lower end options, uh, a little bit on the lower end, Travis Etienne, I mean, he was one of the top options last week. I think he is again this week. He's very similar to Alvin Kamara. The production's been good. It's there. The usage is there. He's a good player. No touchdowns. He had 15 opportunities, turned that into 114 yards two weeks ago. This week, 14 opportunities, turns that into 108 yards. So he's doing great. And if you add a touchdown onto either of those, it's an awesome stat line. He hasn't scored yet. Meanwhile, Robinson, like you'd be more concerned if Robinson was also going off. You'd be like, oh, he's never going to get more work. And Robinson's only combined for 94 yards on 25 opportunities over the last two weeks. Like ETN's been more than twice as efficient as Robinson over these last two weeks. And you just have to think more touches are coming for ETN. I'm not saying he's going to average 20 a game, but opportunities-wise, when you count the carries plus the targets, I would imagine rest of season, he's around 15 to 17, which given his level of efficiency, throw on some touchdowns, he's going to be really, really good, just like with Kamara. Once the touchdowns do come, you will not be able to trade for him. Other low-end running backs I'm seeing is basically your choice between David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert. I don't think either one of them is like a screaming by low. I have Montgomery as the running back 19 rest of season. Herbert running back 43. You guys know I think Herbert is an incredible talent. I do think he should be getting more work. And if he ever gets that full-time job, he is a locked and loaded running back one. But I bring this one up as well because for some of you who are performing really well right now and want to take a risk for some potential upside later in the season... I looked at who was playing the Lions in week 17, and it's the Bears. So if either one of these two running backs, again, the, the Bears like at Detroit, that is a amazing spot for running backs. If either one of these two, number one, is the full-time back because the other one is hurt, oh my goodness, they're probably a top three running back that week. But number two, just whoever is starting at that point, is going to be a running back one, is going to be really good in fantasy that week. So again, I know maybe it's a little bit early to be thinking about championship weekend, but sometimes that's what it takes. And if you are willing to take a risk and you're like, hey, you know, Montgomery hasn't been that fantastic, or hey, I agree. I think Herbert's really good and he's going to cost you nothing. Get a little bit of upside on your bench. I'd be willing to trade for those two just for that potential championship weekend. So running backs, I'd be okay selling high on because I have them ranked lower in my rest season rankings than they're ranking through week six. Dalvin Cook, Miles Sanders, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, James Robinson, and Jeff Wilson. I don't think any of them are like panic sells, right? It's not like, oh no, I have one of those running backs on the list. 
got to get rid of them. They're just players to where if someone in your league really needs a running back, is like vocal about that, being like, hey, I need someone. And they've got maybe a bunch of wide receivers. Maybe you need more depth wide receiver, a better upgrade wide receiver, something like that, to where you're like, okay, I could I could afford to lose a running back right now. I think those are five I'd be willing to give up with a clear emphasis on Clyde and Jeff Wilson. I just think that both of those players have really overperformed what they're going to do rest of season. Like we know Clyde was getting super lucky with touchdowns. We know his role isn't that secure. He's not getting a ton of touches. So he's very touchdown dependent, not players we love, especially the running back position. And then Jeff Wilson, Terry Davis Price returning. I think Elijah Mitchell is going to return at some point this season. At least that's the assumption we have. And he's going to be the clear starter once he does. And so again, everyone that lists them willing to sell high on, but Clyde and Jeff Wilson are the two where it's like, if you have them, I guess that's I'm more willing to be the person starting the trade offer with them. The others, it's use that player if someone's offering a trade to you. For wide receivers, um, I don't think there's any like crazy good buy low. So the last two weeks when we had Gabe Davis, we had Pittman as like two pretty clear options that were going to be better long term. I don't think anyone's standing out like big time this week. Everything kind of looks pretty accurate, but... I would say one of the top options is Amonra St. Brown. Should be 100% recovered from the ankle injury. Uh, he, you know, returns week five. You know, he, he obviously wasn't 100%, but he was, like, good enough to play. Um, they kind of put him out there on a limited basis. They go on by in week six. Fully good to go after that. Week seven, he should return. He should be totally fine. Remember what I've been talking about, the Lions defense. You want players on their offense because their defense is so bad. They'll have to be aggressive. And they have a good coaching staff. I especially expect them to look good this week coming off of bye. And so this might be the last time you can kind of trade for Lions players. Because if they come out of the bye and they look great, people are going to kind of remember, oh yeah, this team goes off. The last time we saw them, they scored zero points. Then they went on bye. So it's been a while you know, since they've looked fantastic. But I think that like people are going to kind of say, okay, you know, he has this dud. He's injured right now. We've got Jameson Williams coming back. Like, you know, maybe there's issues here with St. Brown. Maybe I should sell high. But he's my wide receiver six rest of season. And the best part is that he's already been on bye. So you can acquire like a, a mid-range wide receiver one. Someone with likely going to have, you know, a 29 to 31% target share this season with heavy red zone usage. You don't find players like that ever, right? That is amazing workload on a team that's going to be pass heavy, right? Because, you know, maybe we can say like Drake London has that too, but like they don't ever throw the ball, right? The Lions throw the ball. And even if you have Williams coming back, well, Williams plays a different, effectively a different position than St. Brown does. He's going to open things up deep downfield. He's going to operate in just a different area of the field than St. Brown. And he's just going to allow St. Brown to get more work Underneath, So I am not concerned about that return. If anything, it elevates the play of the offense, makes them more explosive, keeps them on the field more, takes more attention away from St. Brown. Like, it's a good thing that he's returning. And if people view it as a negative, they look at the injury, you know, maybe. They look at the Lions, maybe they don't believe in the Lions. I don't know. I think this is a good time to be buying St. Brown. After that, I probably look at Chris Godwin. Uh, had a tough start to the season Almost had a breakout game on Sunday. He was back up to 
of the snaps. He commanded 12 targets, all great numbers. Usually when we have these games of, you know, 12 targets for Godwin, he's bringing in, you know, 9, 10 of them. He's getting, you know, over 100 yards and a touchdown, only able to secure six of them, 95 scoreless yards. And so still a good day, but just doesn't go off. Uh, gives him four games on the year where he's scoreless now. Only one game over 61 yards. And so I can see people looking at that, seeing he's a wide receiver 61 overall, 42 in points per game, and saying, mm, you know, maybe he's just like not himself coming off the injury. But he's my wide receiver 21 rest of season. I think if there's any sort of buying opportunity for him in your league, I would highly recommend it. This offense is finally going to start to get going now that they're all getting healthy. And we just know. We know he's talented. We know it's a good offense. We know the target share is secure. We know no one's stepping up behind him to command targets. It's not like Julio's going to come back or Gage is going to start exploding. Like we just, we know, we know he's going to be good. And there's value in that. And knowing you can plug him in every week as a rock solid wide receiver too. I just think that's a really valuable role. And he comes with a ton of weekly upside. We love that as well. After Godwin, I would say it's T Higgins. Uh, he didn't have a great game last week. He kind of thought that was going to come. You know, he definitely wasn't 100% coming off of the injury. And so, you know, he was probably going to be less efficient. He plays 86% of the offensive snaps. He commands 10 targets really good. Again, the stat line there wasn't fantastic, but he should be pretty close to 100% next week. Um, and we just know that he's a great talent. That defenses, especially this season, have been focusing on shifting safety coverage over to Jamar Chase, which is leaving a ton of single coverage for T. Higgins. We know that's going to result in multiple blow-up games for Higgins. And we know, again, this offense. We know for a fact that someone is not stepping up, that they're not going to all of a sudden give, like, Hurst. They're not going to all of a sudden give Boyd or, like, these backups extra work. We no, it's going to Chase and Higgins. Every week, great offense. There is value. And knowing that, wide receiver 17 rest of the season, I think he's like a mid to high end wide receiver too. And if anyone's concerned or frustrated that they got basically got a loss if they played him two weeks ago and then they didn't know what to do last week and either they played him and they weren't pleased or they didn't play him and they're like, this is annoying, I can't play this guy, capitalize on that. On the low end, you can look at Rondell Moore. Uh, he's I mean, technically, it might be on free agency for some of you, but he's in a wide receiver 25 rest of the season, despite a wide receiver 67 ranking in points per game right now. He's got nine targets per game over the last two weeks, 99% of snaps last week. And then we have Marquise Brown, probably going to miss a good chunk of the season going down with his foot injury. So even though Hopkins is returning, they traded for Robbie Anderson, like Rondell Moore is going to retain his role. He's not someone that really has the upside to be like a wide receiver one this season. Like in wide receiver one fantasy is not going to happen for Rondell Moore, but he could be a great player to plug into your flex spot. He's going to have a very consistent target share. The receptions are going to be there again. He's not going to spike for like eight for 150 and two, like just because of the routes he runs. But for those of you in full PPR leagues, I think it's valuable in that flex spot having someone you know is probably going to go out there and get 8 to 10 targets, probably catch 6 to 8 of them for 60 or 80 yards each week. If you can just bank on like 12 
to 16 full PPR points, and then whenever he scores, he posts a really good stat line, that's really valuable. Someone that's a little bit riskier, but that does have wide receiver one upside. So someone who I'm not as you know confident in their week-to-week production, but if everything goes right, could legitimately end the season, maybe in like the last eight weeks, being a wide receiver one in points per game. It's Rashad Bateman. Now, he has the foot injury, leaves in week four. He hasn't returned yet. It seems like it's either going to be this week or next week when he's back. They really want to be careful with him, only bring him back when he's 100%. But again, seems like that's the case. And it seems like, uh, given the sentiment around the community, that no one who drafted him is pleased with the production so far. But remember how excited we were about his potential this summer? Like, he was never a lock, but... We were very excited about the potential for him in drafts. We know it's a low-volume passing attack. We know that the volume that is there is dominated by Mark Andrews. But Bateman was, you know, a first-round pick last season. He's got incredible speed. He's got the size to be a true number one wide receiver. He's someone the organization is completely behind, someone that they trust to be their wide receiver one. So even though it hasn't happened for him, so far this season, I mean, weeks one and two, we're still okay. And it doesn't mean it's not going to. We're still early in the season. And again, he's only really played three healthy games. He's still got a ton of upside, someone that you should definitely go after. Just see. See what people are asking. He's been wide receiver 33 rest of the season, but that kind of bakes in the, I guess, unknowns of this injury. If we don't know if he's returning this week or next week, you can't just like rank him as a clear-cut wide receiver too. But I would say like if he returns this week and he commands around a 20% target share, we're probably going to look at him next week as, you know, a low-end wide receiver too. And I feel like no one's going to ask for that sort of value in the trade market. I was going to end the video uh, just going over some like sell-high candidates for wide receiver. But to be honest, there really aren't very many like... Brandon Ayuk is an obvious name that everyone should know, but I don't think anyone's going to fall for that trap. No one actually thinks that, oh, wow, look, the 49ers are all of a sudden a pass-heavy offense and Ayuk's their number one. Like, no one actually thinks that. And if I looked at his rest season value to his production so far, there's only a 10-spot difference, so it's nothing crazy. So I don't think there's like a huge opportunity there. But, you know, if someone wants to fall for it and be like, oh, maybe he's going to be great rest season, I guess trade him away, but I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Amari Cooper has technically overperformed a little bit, but we've got Watson probably returning at some point, and so that kind of makes it a wash. Uh, Waddle right now is wide receiver seven. That's a little bit higher than he's probably going to be rest of season, but I don't think people are really giving up wide receiver one value for Waddle, and so you're probably only going to get wide receiver two value, and he's been wide receiver 13 rest of season, so you know if you need to get wide receiver one to really account for that difference, it doesn't really make sense to be trading him away. And the only other name I see is Mike Williams, but I think last week was probably the time to trade him away. We've got Keenan Allen returning. He was just shut down by Sertan. You know, it's like you probably missed your chance to trade him away. It's probably just worth hanging on to him for those spiked weeks now. So I'll end with the same positional advice that I always give. It's not always about selling high. It's more about looking at your team, seeing what you have too much of because there is a thing is like too much, right? There is such thing as that. If you have six wide receivers, you're rotating through three spots, but only two running backs. Well, maybe you've got a little bit too much depth 
at wide receiver. So it's just understanding that, looking at your league, seeing who maybe has the opposite of you. If you've got too much wide receiver depth, who has too little, that's your trade partner. And you're not really selling high. You're just using what you have to acquire what you need. So that'll do it for this week's Trade Targets video. If you have any other questions, please refer to the rest of season rankings. I spend a ton of time on those rest of season projections so that it is the best resource you have for the trade market for exactly how you value players long term. I'll be back tomorrow to go over the week seven running back starts and sits. Friday, wide receiver starts sits. Saturday, my favorite plays in week seven. But that, my friends, is into this one. Hope you all enjoy. If you did, how about hitting the like button and how about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.